Callum Walker. My man. What is going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Yourself? Uh, super excited to have you on here, man. Thank you for taking the time out once again. We had you on a couple of weeks ago uh, at the ECA Mastermind Meetup, and it was an absolute game changer for everyone there. And I thought, fuck it, you know what? This man needs to be in front of the entire ECA group. So thank you for taking the time out, brother. Well, no, I thoroughly appreciate you um, well, sharing me with all of you guys. Like, really means a lot. So, And I'm hopefully excited to, you know, help a lot of people. So we'll I, would, I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't have you on here. Um, Callum, so for anyone that doesn't know you, quite a yeah. number of these guys would have been at the summit last year. Yeah. I'm sure senior connected with you or passed you at some stage over the weekend. But for anyone that wasn't there or maybe doesn't know you yet, um, give them a, a quick brief on your background in nutrition uh, and tell us a little bit about what um, what sparked your interest in nutrition as well. Oh, great question. Right. Okay. So um, brief introduction of me right now. So I'm a performance nutritionist. Um, I've been the nutritionist at two professional sports clubs. Um, I used to run my program working with elite athletes on a one-to-one -one basis that ranged from Premier League footballers, international cricketers, professional golfers, really looking at optimizing their own performance. But then I also ran my own transformational business. So um, really helping people lose weight, change their lifestyle in a long-term and sustainable manner. Um, and now my primary business is that I coach personal trainers and online coaches to upskill their nutritional knowledge, really to level up the results that they get with their clients. Um, not only from a, a knowledge perspective for themselves to grow as a coach, but more from a business point of view, um, really to get next level results with their clients so their clients stay with them longer, um, that naturally that breeds referrals and growing the business that way. Um, but my journey to this was to, to kind of put it frank, I was a real fuck up at school. Um, I'm doing a PhD at the moment, really specializing in performance nutrition. Um, and what we're looking at is almost like optimizing body comps. So being able to like um, increase muscle mass and drop body fat at the same time. Um, but if you just said 10 years ago that I'd be slightly and remotely academic, like I remember doing like a careers thing at school and they were like, the best you can hope for is PE teacher. And I was like, well, to be honest, I'm pretty happy with that because like, I've had my year five like football team planned out since I was about 10 anyway. But, like, but I was like, I wasn't academic. School didn't set me on fire. I'm not overly clever. Um, but, and this is something that I really do believe, I think that anyone can become academic if you've got something that really, really like fascinates you and set your mind on fire. And like for me, it was like, yeah, I went to university but I kind of like stumbled there. I scraped through A-levels um, purely because I had a great PE teacher who was like, dude, honestly, you're like fucking up your life here. Like you're a, you are a smart kid, but you're just being a dickhead. And, and it was like, right, really grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and was like, look, just apply yourself here and do this, this, this and this. So I managed to like scrape through into uni and um. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And like, and I've played a high level of sport all my life. Like I was at, um, I was on the books at Aston Villa when I was younger. Um, you know, I played a high level of cricket and everything. And my mum was like, well, if you're going to uni, like you, you have to do a degree. So I was like, okay, obviously. Um, and I was like, right, okay, what am I interested in? I was like, well, I am fast. I really love my PEA level. Um, and then I was just fascinated. And it was the first time in my life that I turned up to like 
any form of academic education. And I was like, I want to be here because it was more not necessarily that like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't want to become a sports scientist. I had no idea I was going to become a nutritionist. But it was more I was turning up to like lessons to learn how to better my own performance. So it's like, shit. So if I actually just do that, that and then that, I'm going to play better at sport. And then naturally, again, like I've always had a fascination with food anyway. Like I love my food. I love cooking. Um, and it really just kind what of. was that born out of calm? Um, I think, to be honest, my mum was a great cook when we were younger. Right, okay. And, and I just loved, and then I remember I had to do like a Duke of Edinburgh award when I was like 12 or something. I can't remember what it was. And um, you had to learn a skill. And I, and I went to, and did some cookery lessons and I was like, fuck me this is brilliant and and I've really really like cooking's kind of been like a little bit of therapy for me as well that just being able to you know throw things together and that kind of like ties in with like you know what I do now where like you know a, a real thing that I always say to coaches especially with your clients is making sure they fucking love their food that it's exciting that people naturally have this like idea of eating healthily is eating rabbit food and dust and cardboard and all that sort of stuff and that kind of like moved me into like how I was doing because it broke my heart to see you know in the the fitness world that like this idea of the getting into shape has to be painful. And I was like, well, it doesn't. Um, because I'm like, well, I really love what I eat. It's not painful and it's and, and I'm managing to stay in shape. So my, my point was that like, you know, I went to uni and then figured out this whole like, I fucking love this. Like, I love this. Um, and I just like pursued it. And um, and I kind of struggled turning up to the, not necessarily turn to that, but following the structure because I was very like self-taught because I was like, I just want to learn so much about this. So then um, I, I got a scholarship to do a master's degree in performance nutrition um, and then finished that and was like, right, okay, I'm going to do what everyone else has done and apply for a job that has absolutely nothing to do with what I've done for the last four years. So I ended up applying for sales jobs. And um, so I was 22, applying for loads of sales jobs. And my uncle came along and was like, look, can you just help me lose a little bit of weight? So I was like, yeah, all right then. So 50-year-old man, um, showed him what to eat, showed him how to train, taught him how to cook, 50 years old, teaching him how to cook. Um, and he lost two and a half stone. And I was like, fucking love that. Like, and I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. Why don't you do this for a job? So genuinely, I was 22. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I didn't even think of like, I'm starting a business. But it was more like, this is just what I want to do. And I don't want to go to work. So, and I, and I love this and, and I've always been very stubborn anyway. And just, and I've always been very driven when there's something to be driven for. And I was like, this is just what I want to do. So then I remember, um, as always, most of these things sort of start, like it started with like my mum's friend was like, look, can you just help me lose a little bit of weight? And she's a very successful businesswoman. So she sits there with me and uh, she goes, right, what can you do for me? And I was like, didn't have a, the word product sales marketing. I didn't think of myself as like a, an entrepreneur or anything like that. So she goes, right. Okay. What you're going to do is you're going to come to my house every week for the next six weeks. You're going to tell me what to eat. You're going to show me how to cook. And here's 180 quid. And I was like, and I've been a fucking broke student. So I've got this check. I think about it now, 180 quid for six weeks, like six week program. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But at the time I was like, wow. Like, I can't believe someone is actually paying me for this. And I remember running down to the bank and being like, oh, my God, I think I'm fucking, like, rolling in it. Yeah. And um, it just grew from there that, like, then, like, she got a result. She then, like, recommended me to all of her friends. Um, so I was just, like, <laughs> I just had this, like, women's club of, like, helping people lose weight. And because I've come at it from, like, an angle of, like, 
of it was different it was exciting all of these women have been to Weight Watchers Slimming World they tried the pills the products the shakes and then I'm telling them that no actually you need to do all of this this is and this and they were loving it finally getting a result like that that started to move so then anyway um just through like coincidence really I then got in contact um I got contacted by um professional sports club near me and they were looking for an academy nutritionist and again, their budget wasn't massive. So it was like, look, can you just come in and consult? So then I got back into the, well, not back into, but I got into the um, the world of elite sport. And then that sort of grew um, where I then became the nutritionist at, um, at that sports club. And then um, and then another one got in contact with me. So then I was like freelancing for um, two elite sports clubs at the time. Um, I'm still consulting for one now. Um, and then off the back of that, just through, again, like recommendations saying, you've got to go see this guy. Like I then got in, you know, got contacted by like, you know, other professional sportsmen and women, and then it grew that way. So uh, again, just my own curiosity here, Callum, when, when you say consult, who within the club um, do you actually consult? So is it like, you've got to speak to the chef, you got to speak to the player. Like oh, who- yeah, 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 everything. So like, um, it's kind of like twofold. And again, um, it's kind of working with like a lot of it is working with the kitchen staff, making sure that everything's like sorted when when I'm not there. And then um, and then really the and, and I really want to put my own stamp on it and be like not be a tick box exercise, because like um, known with like elite athletes, like although everyone can have this image of elite athletes, like actually they're like 20 year old kids doing something extraordinary. So like just coming in and telling them what to do, it's a no-go. And then this is where I kind of look at like the art of coaching is very much, you've got to sell the benefits and the ideas as to like, look, this is why if you actually do X, it'll do this for you and it'll stop this from happening. So almost like, you know, a lot of my stuff, I was like, like right, what I don't want to do is it be that, you know, the, the lads will come to me, they have a five minute slot and they just get told, no, you're a bag of shit. You need to eat this, this and this because they're not going to action anything. So a lot of this stuff was more like, right, just to prioritize, give me your players, give me the ones who were like, right, okay, we really want to work with. And then it was like really kind of um, one-to-one stuff. So like right now from a consultancy point of view, um, I do like CPD stuff with the, um, like the sport and exercise medicine, um, sorry, the sports medicine like department in the club. So like, you know, I'm working with the SNC physio, like we do talks on like, right, okay, from a nutritional point of view, we very much like work as a team because a lot of my stuff as well is like with injuries. So like, you know, when a, when a player is injured, looking at the, the right sort of food that they need to eat in order to optimize their performance and sorry, their recovery that way. So, um, so the moment I'm in professional cricket, and um and a lot of stuff with like bone injuries so with stress fractures um so you find that with like you know if, if you're if anyone's working with rugby players and all that sort of stuff like optimizing their bone health is massive um like for any form of contact sport so with cricket although it's not a contact sport it's very much like a lot of impact with bowlers so um so yeah so working with the support staff the kitchen staff and then really the players on a one-to-one basis so but i like to almost like keep it as formal but also informal as possible so like you know I was on the golf course with a few of the lads on Wednesday and it's just like developing that relatability and that respect is huge from a coaching perspective so um but yeah but like but that's only a small snippet of what I'm doing now that really it's just like I'm I'm just freelancing so I'm not like in I am in-house but I'm external my main business really is like uh, it is solely focused on personal trainers online coaches um and helping them that way what what are what are some of the because again I, I say this all the time most businesses are born out of frustration mm. so 
there there's obviously something there and it may have been on your own part or it may have been something that you've seen but what are the biggest i suppose misconceptions that maybe personal trainers have around nutrition that prompted you to say do you know what i can solve this problem like what was what was the main yeah. thing that you well, were it's like there's two, right? two, two things, things. okay first of all the the number one was was born out of my own internal frustration of the like you know, I got level three PT qualifications, part of my first degree. Um, and, and also like, you know, I graduated with a master's degree in nutrition and I, and I went out and I very much felt like failed because I was like, I'm coming from a master's degree level here and all of the stuff I've been taught, it's not relatable. Yeah. Okay. It's relatable in like an athletic setting, mm. But like really kind of from a one-to-one -one point of view, it was just like really a load of like 99% of the stuff I learned at uni really wasn't applicable to actually working with real life people. So I just really felt, I was just like, I really have been set up to fail here. And I look and I go, my clients expect me. And this is where I then looked at it that I realized that I, I had a lot of clients as PT. So in my transformational business, I had a lot of personal trainers and coaches and they'd come to me and they'd be like, look, you know, I'm going to be honest, I know I should know this stuff because my clients expect me to know this, but where do I get this information from? Because you go on, you look at it and you go, right, okay, unless you're going to go and pay and do a degree, which I knew Paul posted out the other day, I was 100% with, I was like, don't bother. Like, really yeah. don't bother. Like, unless you're like going to become a doctor, a lawyer, like, you know, okay, yeah, as a nutritionist, yeah, if you want to be a nutritionist, I do believe you need to go and do a degree to understand that but like that's if you're going to be solely a nutritionist that like my degrees have not made me a good coach in the slightest they're just giving me credibility more than anything but that doesn't mean i know what i'm talking about because i know loads of nutritionists who talk shit i'm yeah. like you, you ain't got scooby what you're talking about here but i think my point was that like i had loads of pts and coaches and i was just like yeah, they've really been set up to fail here because it's like right their clients come to them to um you know expecting them to know what they should be eating like and they do but then it's like well but but i haven't been taught and trained how to do this and then the only information available to me is the internet and that's just a whirlwind of like you have people down this end of the spectrum who are like life's problems are solved by a calorie deficit and then you have other people down here who are like if you look at a carb you're going to go to hell so it's almost like you know what do i trust yeah. So I think I really kind of felt, I was just like, I really feel like I can help people here. And really like I have, um, you know, something to offer in that by saying that fundamentally as a coach, your goal is to, and your job is to set someone up for success, not just, and this is where I do believe that as a PT or a coach, you have to see yourself as less of, um, less of someone who just like trades their time for, sorry, um, that people pay for exercise. It's actually about your your job is to set someone up for success. So in order to have fitness success, yeah, exercise and diet, yeah, but they're just components. It's like they have to eat, they have to train well, they have to eat well, they have to sleep well, they have to look after themselves from a, um, a psychological perspective. So really it's turning yourself away from going that, right, okay, I'm just going to focus solely on exercise to actually I'm going to set someone up for success. So with me, although I'm a nutritionist, like, I don't just focus on the food that like, you know, I am a qualified PT, I've got a sports science degree, but it's more that like, right, if I have some like an athlete, I'm looking at the quality of their sleep, what they're eating, that a lot of the conversations, like I had a guy, um, you know, um, I had what two actually, one was a professional sportsman, one was just someone in the general pop. Um, and they both had massive gut issues, like really, really bad. And I said to them, I said, do you meditate? Do you meditate? He was like, no, that's because there's a clear, there's a massive connection between this and this. 
And once we kind of solve like the mindfulness aspect of things, didn't have to change his diet, everything changed. So my point is that it's almost like as a coach, getting away from just, I'm just going to exercise. I'm just going to get you to exercise to actually, I'm going to set you up for success. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, man. And it actually just reminded me of something that I read about last week. I can't remember the name of the study, but this was really interesting. I think it was done in like the 1980s. So basically what they done, group of participants, and they some of them were given a placebo drug and some of them were given a drug for whatever the condition was. I'm not totally sure, but they were told that potentially, and this is fucking crazy going based on what you're saying. This is nuts. So they were told that potentially you could lose some of your hair. So clumps of your hair could fall out if you're given mm-hmm. this particular me- type of medication for your condition. The group that were uh, given the drug, some of them lost clumps of their hair, some of them retained all of their hair. The group that were given the placebo, because they were told they could lose clumps of their hair, some of them done it. And it was like, they weren't even given the medication. They were just told, here's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So, so I really specialize, my master's degree is specialized in supplements. There's three. These are the three most potent supplements that yeah. you can recommend to client. Creatine, caffeine, number one, placebo, 100%. That like, 100% that like literally- Tell me more on this. Tell me more on this. All right. So again, so one, for example, so like I had, I had someone ask me the other day about nootropics, so like the supplement by nootropics, like, you know, and he goes, oh, what do you think? And I said, if I told you my opinion, like I said, are they working for you? He's like, yeah, I feel amazing. So I said, go on my opinion. Not going to tell you, like if it's working for you, keep going. But like, it's like, for example, with alcohol. Okay. So what alcohol does is it can really almost like um, regarding like appetite. So, you know, when like, if you've been on the session, like you want to eat more and more and more, basically it doesn't necessarily like increase your physiological appetite. It basically makes you press the fuck it button and you go, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go and eat this, this and this. So you end up kind of like eating more naturally because like your, your ability to make that decision and almost like control your emotions is suppressed. Now, what was really cool is there's a study that got um, people to basically consume an alcoholic beverage um, and then eat at a buffet, then consume a non-alcoholic beverage. And they were told it's non-alcoholic and then eat at a buffet. So they always ate more when they drank the alcohol. But then they gave them a non-alcoholic beverage, but told them it was alcoholic. And they ate the same amount of food as to when they actually ate, they, they drank the alcohol. So like, and I'm huge on this that like, this is the most important thing that you need to look after. So I look at it from like a business perspective. I'm a huge believer that as an entrepreneur, your thoughts 100% will drive where you want to go with things. So it's like, you know, although I'm a very like logical person, I also have like a spiritual side. So you look at like things like the, um, people would never think that I talk about this or stuff, but like things like the law of attraction, the secret and all that sort of stuff. That where people get that wrong is that they almost like think that I'm just going to shut my eyes, visualize and this car is going to rock up. Whereas it's like, no, well, actually, the the whole attraction is that you attract the thoughts, the ideas, the the people, the circumstances necessary in order to do that. And then you have to take the action. But my point is that, like, if you believe something, you will end up taking that action. So you look at like a placebo. If you believe something is having an impact on you, if you believe something that something is detrimental, then it will come to fruition. One hundred percent. Love it. Love it, man. That's so interesting. What were 
some of the, well, I suppose, what was the biggest belief that, uh, because I always say, you know, I say to people, and I heard this here from a guy, he's an amazing coach, a guy called Dewey Nielsen. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I've learned under Dewey like several times now. And he said to me, the science is there to prove us wrong. And rather than getting upset about it, you should be happy about it. Because there were so many things that I believed around training and nutrition to a certain extent. You know, I've kind of shared in the past that it's not something that doesn't light me up. Like I don't get excited about it and I'm fine with it. Um, but around training and there was things that I believed and would have told people years ago, which again, I don't think are, are completely useless. I just think that in in the way that I put it across and how I, my understanding of it was uh, slightly off, we'll say, yeah. right? Um, and he says, listen, you know, the science is there to prove you wrong. For you personally, what was like one of those things that you believed in your, in the start of your sort of nutritional journey, uh, um, your uh, educational journey around nutrition? Yeah. So I, um, what way was it? Uh, how did you break that belief? Yeah. So I, uh, I got very much sucked into the world of ketogenic diets. I think I, yeah, I remember, I remember talking to you about this previously, actually. Um, yeah, I got sucked into the world of ketogenic diets that like I then got, and then naturally that kind of led me down the path towards intermittent fasting. And I really like had this belief that it was like, the only way you can lose weight is by going keto. The, and then it's like, right, okay, if you're not losing weight on keto, then you have to fast. And like, and I got very, very, I didn't get to the point where I was like a zealot, but like in my mind, I was like, that's the only, because it was the only thing I was like surrounding my attention in, like with. So, and this is where I really think that as like a, a practitioner, not even as a practitioner, but as a coach in general, that really you should see everything from every single perspective and then actually make your own opinion off the back of that. Whereas like, I just went down one road where it's like, right, okay, because I'm just consumed and almost like swamped and my environment was basically a ketogenic diet. I was surrounded by doctors, nutritionists, coaches who were only talking about ketogenic diets. The only thing that's in my mind is ketogenic diets. So what am I attracting more of? Fucking ketogenic diets. And then I'm convincing myself more and more. This is the only way of doing things versus actually being able to. And I think that it's really, really helped me like, um, not necessarily have more of a balanced approach, but more of like, I'm not just regurgitating other people's opinions. I'm actually regurgitating my own opinions and my own lessons mm. from by going like, well, actually, do you know what I need to do? I need to go down the other end of the spectrum and see, well, there's a, a bunch of people screaming out here about, it's just about calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. So I'm like, well, I need to be more humble, adopt an attitude of humility get rid of the arrogance as to i fucking know everything and actually go well actually i don't know everything which is great because then there's there's so much more for me to learn yeah. and that gets me excited so then i go and like have a look down here and then i go through all the research and then i make my own mind up off the back of it and then come up with my own framework for doing things not just copying and regurgitating someone else and i think that as coaches, and I see this a lot with a lot of coaches, they're very good at basically just copying what someone else has said without actually having a look as to whether there is any um, any reason as to why they should trust that. And I think it comes out of an attitude of like two things. And I'm talking from my own experience that like people used to come to me with this new supplement and, and they'd be like, what do you think? What do you think? And I knew nothing about it. So my initial reaction, bag of shit, bag of shit. Nope, don't work, don't work, don't work. 
And that was just the defense mechanism because I had no idea and I didn't want to look like a Muppet. Yeah. And as opposed to actually, when I went and did some research, I was like, oh shit, got that one wrong. <laughs> so then the, the best thing that I've ever done, and it's really kind of like allowed my clients to respect me a lot more, is if I don't know something, as opposed to shooting it down, I hold my hands up and go, look, I'll be completely honest. No idea, but I'll find out. I will find out for you. Do, do you think it's almost necessary? Because honestly, like most people that I speak speak to today who have like, you know, uh, I would say you have plenty of credibility in the nutritional world based on the people that you've worked with. But do you almost think that it's like necessary for people to go through a phase of uh, believing that you know more than what you do so that you can look back in retrospect and know exactly what you don't know. So you're like, fuck. So then you never make that mistake again, or at least you try not to make that mistake. Yeah. hundred percent. You have, I know it's such a cliche, but you have to fuck up and you have to go through that period because then you're like, I know what, and I'm a massive fan of Matthew McConaughey and he's very big on the process of elimination really is the secret of moving forward where it's like right i know what i don't want to be like so i know who i want to be but i know who i want to be off the back of knowing who i don't want to be so by chopping that out and going right i know what i don't want to do and i know what i shouldn't do that then almost like just by process of elimination leaves well there's okay that's the path that's what i need to do and that's how i want to go about and i think that the more you can adopt an attitude of humility the more exciting this whole journey becomes that the minute that you think that you know everything, you're fucked. And actually it's the point, like you have that classic Dunning-Kruger effect where it's like you get started and you're like, I can know everything. And then something will happen and you will then go, oh my God, I'm so out of my depth here. And you get into that sort of like valley of despair, but it's looking at it differently. And this is where I look at it like with entrepreneurship. It's like, there's so much I don't know. Now, I can look at that in like an imposter syndrome way and go, oh, there's so much I don't know. I'm not good enough. Or I can go, fuck me. How much is there left for me to learn? I'm like, this stuff sets me on fire. Like, I love personal development. I love um, entrepreneurship. I love physical performance. So I'm like, I don't know everything, which means that I already feel like I know a good amount of stuff. So the fact that there's even more information out there that I can actually grasp, put my own spin on it and then apply it. Like, that's fucking exciting for me. But then you've got to be careful about falling into that. Like, and I know that you mentioned this a lot, that almost like mental masturbation of like more information isn't always the like the place to go. So it's about almost like taking on information based on like the circumstance that you're currently like facing. So it's like, you know, if you are in a position where it's like, right, you know what? I feel like my knowledge is like, got me to a level, but I need to go to that next level. What does that next level look like? Oh, okay, right. I need to take on the information in order to do that. But then you have to have an element of execution and implementation. Just knowing isn't good enough. Like you have to be driven into that action and you have to do that. So, but I really think it starts with an attitude of humility and then looking at it like in a smart way that, so I I run a daily newsletter um, and I wrote this um, today, actually it was this morning's email that like um when it comes to like growing and all of this sort of stuff that like the most logical way about doing it for me in my opinion is that i had a coach the other day come to me he was like how um i've always like you know wanted to meditate always wanted to meditate but i've never been able to stay on track with it 
So then I was like, do you know what? I was in the same position because like I've always wanted to meditate. I've got ADHD. I taught really quick. I need to kind of slow down with everything anyway. And I know that like meditation is going to be good for me, but I, I do it once or twice. I feel amazing, but then like, I just never do it again. So then I'm like, like I can't string along that, um, that consistency that's necessary in order for me to actually fully get the effect. So then I looked at it, I was like, why is it? And then I did something which might sound fucking nuts. I actually paid 1200 pounds for a meditation course. Okay, sounds ridiculous. But like, why would you pay 1200 quid? Because I was already using like headspace and calm. And the thing was, I was like, it's 10 quid a month. Like, it's just, it didn't hurt me. But then by me putting down 1200 quid, do you think I meditate every fucking morning? Now? Oh, fuck yeah. So I'm like, but more importantly, in my opinion, in order to get success with like growing, I think you need to have three things. You need to have purpose. You have to have a reason. So if I look at this, I have a reason because I have ADHD and I want to harness it in the right sort of way. Yeah. So purpose, but then you need to have accountability. And this is the same with your clients. Now that accountability comes in two parts, in my opinion. You need to have accountability to yourself and your purpose and to someone else. So it's like, yeah, I'm a nutritionist, but I also have my own coach who helps me with my physical performance because I'm very good at believing my own bullshit. So it's like, he'll call me out and he'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. So you have to have that accountability, but then also you have to have that structure, a clear structure. So me parting with that money to go on a meditation course, like there's people who are already doing what I want to do. I can try and figure it out myself or I can go, do you know what? I'd rather actually pay you. It gives me the accountability with the finance. I'm then accountable to someone else and you'll give, give me a much better structure than I could ever come up. That's why it's like the, the the best thing I ever did to grow my business was to invest in a business mentor. Because I was like, there's a guy who's done what I want to do, been where I am. I can try and figure it out, but it'd take me fucking ages. I'd rather actually part with the cash, which then drives me into action and gets rid of the procrastination. But then also I'm then, I've got a clear structure. I've got that accountability and I've got a purpose. And it just probably sped up my growth by five years. Love that, dude. That is a that is an absolute game changer. That's going in the show notes. So purpose, accountability, structure. Here's the blueprint. Off you go. Use that with your clients. Hundred mm. percent. That like with your clients, it's making sure it's like I'm very big on coaching and sales being the same thing. You look at sales. Sales is the purpose of like influencing someone to take a specific action, really to solve their problem. So that like fundamentally, it's like look. You've come to me and I have the solution to your problem. If you take this action, i.e. parting with your cash and listening to what I have to say, I will solve your problem for you. That is coaching. How do you sell based on emotion and logic? Like the two. So then if I want to influence someone, I need to base it on emotion and logic. So with my, when, when I'm coaching someone, it's like, right, first of all, I have to get them emotionally invested. Why do you want to do this? I identify their purpose. Why do you want to do this? What's the reason for it? I.e. more importantly, two things. From an emotional point of view, we act on two things. To move away from pain, well, that way, or to move towards pleasure. Mm. So then as a coach, I go, right, I need to identify what is the pain you're no longer willing to tolerate. Yeah? You're no longer willing to, like, sit on a chair and be like, the chair's fucking broke. Or put on my jeans and it's not working. So you have to identify that. Is that the most potent of the two? Move away from pain or towards pleasure? Is that why, is that why you hit on that first? So you're going... Yeah. Yeah, move away from pain. It's like you almost not necessarily got to get them to hit rock bottom, but like whenever I was on a sales call with someone, it sounds horrible. 
I'd try and make them cry. Yeah. If they cry, they buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's the same with like the coaching. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like I, I even had like, you know, it's amazing that I developed that relationship with people that I had this one lady who was like, my husband won't have sex with me. We haven't had sex in 10 years. And that's a pain. And she's like, I'm not willing to tolerate that. So I told her to divorce her husband for one. But then, um, but secondly, it's like, right, okay, that's going to drive me into action. But then the second one is then you have to paint the pleasure. You have to give them that like, right, okay, this is what I'm going to move you towards. What does success look like to you? What's it going to, you know, if you, if you do solve this, what's that going to look like for you? So then they've got something to move towards. They've got like a meaningful pursuit. So then once you identify that, that's great. And then you have to hold them accountable to it. So you make something up, you make like a clear target, a clear structure for them. And you go, right, okay, you have to have accountability. And then they have to be accountable to themselves. So, you know, whether it's like I had one lady um, who who was focused on our goal was to get her into a wedding dress. It meant something to her emotionally. So she used to try that wedding dress on every single week. And that held her accountable as well. Because if she was dicking around and she tried that dress on and she, she knew, She'd be like, I've been on the cocktails this week. I went out with the girls a couple of times. And this dress means something to me. But then more importantly, every time that she was making progress and it was a little bit looser and she was getting a little bit closer to it happening, she's then like, I ain't fucking around. I'm moving. So she's yeah. accountable to something emotional. But then if you look at sales, you need to get buyer's remorse. So I'm sure people here happen to me loads of times. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up for it. I'm going to sign up. Amazing. The next day, yeah, Cal, I really appreciate it, but like, I can't afford it. I got them emotional, but I didn't get them logically. Once the emotion cooled down, logically, it didn't make sense to them. Right. So then that's where the structure comes in. You have to have the purpose and the accountability that gets them emotionally, but then the structure, it has to make sense to them. They have to be able to actually take the action. So then they, it has to, and that's where you as a coach have to move away from just giving cookie cutter one-off PDFs to actually going, right, okay, what are going to be the roadblocks and the challenges and the problems you're going to experience during this time? Like if you've got a, um, you know, if you've got, if you're working with a mum who's incredibly busy, who's got no time, but you can't expect her to cook every three hours and do this, this and this, if she's cooking five different meals for all of the different kids. So you have to take that into the equation. If you've got someone who's traveling around, and this is where you look at personalization, that, and this is where, in my opinion, you look at, um, sorry, in my opinion, when it comes to whether it's training, eating, or whatever, personalization has gone all wrong. But people think personalization is tailored macros. So just plugging in someone's like, you know, height, weight, and age isn't personalizing something through a free calculator. It's putting the personal in it. And this is my big cause to put the personal back in personal training. And how do you do that? By understanding the fucking person. Understand the person because fundamentally, if you've got a lot of clients dropping off, the biggest question you need to ask is, do they feel understood? No. And that's what they want. Your clients want to feel like you've actually taken them into account and you get them. But that has to be legitimate. So you have to take them into account and get them. How do you do that? By finding out as much about them, asking questions and work with them, not for them. Because if you work with them, the likelihood of you getting a result is going to be so much better. And they're going to be happier because you've taken the time, energy and effort to actually understand them. And then you've got your purpose, accountability, your structure. You've got your emotion. You've got your logic. Result. Nice. Nice. Uh, I actually had a few questions for you here, Callum, but I, I'm conscious of your time as well. And I don't want to take up too much of it. 
I, so well, you go for as long as you want. I've basically, uh, I've kind of singled one out here that uh, I got asked this morning. And I think this is going to be really good for a tactical takeaway for everyone in the group as well, because someone basically asked me, they've got a client, they're hitting all the markers, they're tracking their food, their uh, satiety is good, they're, they're saying that they're hitting their steps, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they're doing everything right. And they're not seeing the results that they want to see. Now, if it was me, I'm basically like, they're telling lies. They're misreporting in some way, shape or form. Yep. There's got to be something else out, out there because they don't defy the laws of physics. But I also know that that, you know, my take on it might not, uh, might not necessarily work because who knows? It could be the possibility. I don't know. What's your take on that? How do you deal with uh, that circumstance? Right, so it comes in two parts. I think, first of all, when it comes to, I assume this is to do with someone who wants to lose weight. Yes. So really, this is where it's then adopting that attitude of humility and understanding that we are not all the same. That You very much have a spectrum of someone's ability to lose weight. You have people down here, you're skinny mini who can just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and, eat and, eat and never put a pound on. You have other people who look at a Twix and put five kilos on. So really your goal is that you have to identify, right, where are they on that spectrum? Because for these guys, just a calorie target and a protein goal will be fine. Stick them in a deficit, do your 10K steps, get a bit more mobile. They'll lose a shit ton of weight. But I guarantee everyone listening to this has had two clients who've been on the same macros, same calories, yet got two completely different results. That's because we are all different. And this is where you look at like, this is where I'm guided by research, but I'm not reliant on research. Because the problem is that you look at studies, they're an average. That like, let's say there's a study that goes, right, okay, we're going to compare low-fat diets to low-carb diets. We're going to make the calories the same, the protein the same, and we're going to see what the result is. If the result comes out as there is no difference between the two, that's on average. Mm. So on average, out of those 100 people, on average, there was no difference. But there might be 10% of people who actually did so much better on the low-fat diet. There might also be 10% of people who did so much better on the low carb diet, but they get lost as averages and anomalies. So my point is that, first of all, you have to go, right, okay, I need to identify where are they on this spectrum? And I'll go through how you can do that and like simple steps as to what you can do in a second. So identifying where they are on that spectrum, because again, like I used to do this, I used to immediately go, you're telling flips, you're telling flips, as opposed to, but the problem was I just kept having clients come to me with the same story of, I promise you, I genuinely did this, 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 and this, and nothing happened. And I was like, there's too many anecdotes coming out here. So maybe the plan's wrong. And also for some of your clients, they're tired and fed up of having the finger pointed at them all of the time. Yeah. And this is where you do have to have that, like, that bit of stuff, though. And this comes to your skill as sometimes they are lying. And you have to call them out on their bullshit. But that's up to you as a coach to be able to like kind of pull that out of someone and figure it out. And truthfully, I think that that comes from having a relationship and then respecting you that if you've got that relationship and that respect and you are um, relatable to them, they will be honest with you. And then you do have that conversation. They go, OK, look, I am going to be honest. I have been doing a bit more of this. And blah, blah, blah. it's like when I go to the dentist, he asked me, do you floss? And I'm like, I floss, I floss 10 times a day. Always, I've never flossed in my fucking life. But it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. But I don't have a relationship with him, so I don't really care. Like, I'm never gonna, I'm gonna see him in six months' time. I'm not letting him down. So that's where, as well, I really believe 
that the best thing that you can do, there's an amazing book on this called Start With Why by Simon Sinek, where he talks about manipulations versus inspirations. Yeah, it's important to have like little tactics, do this, 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 and this to get them around. But that will result in like, um, in short-term gains. My point is that he also talks about inspiration for long-term success. Your goal is to inspire your clients, make them want to make you proud. And then they won't lie to you because then you're doing it together. And if they're like, do you know what? I want to rock up and I want to actually show him what I can do. I'm not going to lie. So my point with that is that that allows you to do that. But then you have to identify, right, okay, where are they on this spectrum? So if they're not lying to me, I then go, okay, right, I'm down here. They're clearly further down here. How can you do that? Really, a lot of it comes down to um, like the hormone insulin. So that like um, the insulin is effectively almost like the door to your fat reserves. Okay, this is very simplified. But like if you stimulate insulin, you shut the door to your fat reserves. You bring insulin down, you open it up. But the extent to which you stimulate it determines the extent to which your doors are shut. So, for example, people down here, yeah, you're skinny, meaning you can eat and eat and eat. They might have a sandwich. Their insulin goes up, comes straight back down again. It doesn't have an impact on them. However, you have other people down here and myself included in this category where I have a sandwich. I get a very big insulin response. My body doesn't tolerate carbohydrates very well. So naturally, I do have to I have to be low carb for myself to manage my weight, because when I eat more carbs, I put weight on. I'm not saying that like carbs are the devil for everyone, but but for me, they just don't work. However, for my brother, he can eat loads of carbs and he's fine. So naturally, then you you ask that question and you go, right, how do I find that out? Is there anyone else in your family? And this is where don't try and figure it out yourself. Get as much information as possible. Is there anyone else in your family who struggled with um, with their weight? Do you have any diabetics? So my family, there's five diabetics in my family. That naturally signals out yeah, yeah. Not, so I don't have great genes in that sense. I have to work super hard to stay in, like, in shape, really, really hard. Um, my brother, like, he's just fucking shredded. And I'm like, this is crap. But like, um, so for him, just eat less, move more, perfectly fine. For me, don't work. So naturally, you then ask, right, okay, first of all, family history, is anyone else diabetic? No, no, fine, blah, blah, blah. So actually, the reason why they put weight on is because they've just got pissed for the past few years and they haven't actually looked after themselves. Whereas actually it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, the majority of my family are, uh, are diabetic or overweight. Like my mom's overweight, my dad's overweight. That then signals, that's one marker of, oh, okay. Then you go, what else have you tried before? Mm. If they come to you and go, well, I've been to Weight Watchers, done Slimming World. And do you know what? I actually really got a result. I've done a calorie deficit and I got a result. You then go, okay, do you know what? A high carb diet will be fine for them. But then you also have to ask, okay, so if you got a result, why did you come off it? Yeah. And then you go, oh, well, I just hated the food. It was too structured. It was too rigid. Food was boring. So then your strategy that you go with has to be everything centered around what has worked and the opposite of everything that hasn't worked. So then I go, right, okay, if a high-carb diet has worked for them before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm going to go down that sort of strategy to give them more variety, but I need to have my focus. And the questions I'm asking them are, are you enjoying your food? Is this fitting in with your lifestyle? Is the actual way that we're doing it, is that working for you? Whereas if you have someone who goes, look, I went to Weight Watchers, did Slimming World. I was with a PT. Um, and you know what? I really enjoyed the rigidity of tracking my macros, counting my calories. I loved it. It really worked for me. But it was so slow. But like, it just, I just got no results. Then you go, oh, okay, do you know what? My approach 
I can go with like a tracking. I can go with something more um, rigid and accountable and structured. But the try to high carb diet before, they're probably going to be a little bit further down the spectrum. Maybe I do need to go a little bit lower carb. And by that, I'm not saying you stick someone straight on a ketogenic diet. I'm saying just by making the switch from white to brown, make the switch from white to brown and then see what happens. So getting as much feedback from your clients as possible, like that allows you to then make the tweaks. Like I said, work with them. Don't work for them. Don't give them a plan. Put a plan together see how it goes, collect some data, and then go, oh, okay, right, we need to tweak that, tweak that, tweak that. So then if making the switch from white to brown wasn't good enough, then go, do you know what we'll do? We'll just introduce a low-carb meal. So for breakfast, as opposed to having scrambled eggs on toast, have an omelet. As opposed to having like um, potatoes with your steak tonight, have some veggies. Just by making that switch, then you can gradually kind of move people and then find that sweet spot. So I think it comes in two parts, understanding exactly where they are on the spectrum, but then also so that if they're not like getting a result, you can then go, oh, maybe the plan needs to be tweaked. But then also asking, right, okay, have I got a relationship with them where they feel completely comfortable to actually go, do you know what? I am lying. Because otherwise you're just going to act like the dentist is with me when I'm telling him that I'm a great flosser. Does that make sense? Absolutely, mate. Um, and uh, every time I speak to you, it, it reinforces my decision to stay clear of any nutritional concepts whatsoever. It's like, I'm a strength coach. Do you want to move better? Do you want to get stronger? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Not like, go and fucking see Colin. Go and speak to PJ. Go and chat to Tony O'Neill. Like, yeah, I'm not your guy. Yeah. Which, you know, there's a lot of complexity there with it. It's it's. For me, for me personally. Yeah, the, but then it comes down to what you're positioning yourself as. That, Like you said, I'm a strength coach. Cool. You're a strength coach. Then go down the rabbit hole of being a strength coach. Yeah. Then that's where I really believe that like honing in on what you want to be and who you want to be really allows you to just go down. I'm a big believer that just going down one like rabbit hole allows you to um, really become a specialist. And if you can become a specialist and fundamentally, I really do believe that if you can provide a result and a service they can't get from anyone else, you will not struggle in business yeah. at all because you'll have clients who will be like long-term fans. So even if they're not still paying you, they'll bring people in. And, and I think that if you can, that that's just the, the base of the business that you're in. So I'm, I'm, positive that there's going to be people watching this here who uh maybe experience the same levels of uh confusion complexity everything when it comes to uh nutrition um do you have tools that could help this individual as in Callum tell me yeah. what it is like what you know do you have something now that I can go off like what is the right now that I can watch yeah. I can consume how do I get on that email list what do I need to do so I've got um I have a free ebook um so it's five reasons why your client isn't losing weight so that actually ties in really nicely because I'm sure that there'll be five things that you can action straight away um so five reasons why your client isn't losing weight I'll send you that link over to you anyway um and then also with that as well uh once you download that I also have a free course um, which is all centered around like in video format because not everyone's a reader. Um, I know for me, like I do love reading, but then a lot of the coaches who I work with, they're more like audio and visual content. So I also have a free course that is with that as well. So um, I believe in the email that you get, 
um, when you're downloading the book, you also have access to the course. Now that course is also split in two parts. So even if you are like more of a reader, I would watch the course because it's split into, first of all, like the five key things that you can do to break through a plateau. But the thing is you can take a horse to water, but if you can't make it drink, then it's pointless. So there's also a second section all on like my framework, which is called my five steps to happiness, which is really around like the five key steps that you can take in order to optimize the client's adherence to their plans. So the two of that, um, the two sections really complement each other on this is what you need to do. And this is how you can get your client to actually take that action. So, um, so again, yeah, I'll pop, I'll, I'll send that over to you. And then if you just um, send that to, to the person who asked the question, and then I would 100% watch the, the free course off the back of that. Um, and then also, to be honest, I talk about a lot of this stuff on Instagram. So just like, just click on the follow button. Um, can, uh, if anyone wants to connect you, with you, where can they find you? Uh, so Instagram's the main thing, uh, main place. So uh, my handle is CW underscore nutrition. Um, easiest way to find me that way. And then also there's a link for my, uh, I do a daily newsletter. Uh, so that really centered around like, first of all, nutritional tips that you can use to optimize your clients' um, results, but then also, um, you know, ways for your own personal and physical development and ways to, um, and there's loads of other tips around um, optimizing your client's adherence and, and really being able to just build a more successful um, coaching program that you have within your business. So um, again, uh, if, you're, if you're interested in that, just drop me a line on Instagram. Um, and if anyone's got any problems, questions, any issues with their clients, just send me a little voice note. I'm on it too much um according to my my message so you're always on the phone i'm like yeah pays for your handbags um, <laughs> but, uh but yeah just send me a voice note if you've got any clients always happy to just like to, to help you out um so instagram's the best place unreal mate um before we wrap it up here if there was one question that i should have asked you but didn't what would it be oh should have asked me but what would it be i know I've got it. Go on. Got it. Who's your favorite superhero? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, yes. All come of on. Uh, huge Spider-Man fan. And I'll tell you why. Um, and actually, there's a lesson in this regarding coaching. You shouldn't have set me off. Actually, my morning journals are fucking Spider-Man ones. I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. Like, it is what it is. Um, I've never been a Superman fan. Ever. And the reason is he's too perfect. Mm. Perfect. I can't can't relate to him. Whereas Spider-Man, he's a fuck up. I'm a fuck up. He makes mistakes. He's got the best intention. He really wants to do it, but and he's incredibly talented, but keeps fucking up, yet still manages to get success. I see a portion of myself in him. And this is where it comes to like with your clients as well. I had it in my mind when I first started off um, as a coach that I had to be whiter than white. I literally like I could not have a bag of Doritos in my basket. No. Whereas I then got to the point where I was in the best shape of my life. I felt amazing, looked great and I was fucking miserable. And also I had no clients because I was leading a life that they didn't want to lead. Mm. So then I always ask myself this question on, am I leading a life I would want someone else to live? And then I realized that like my business, my coaching business is about so much more than just getting people into shape that actually it's a reflection of my own journey. And that fundamentally, I then go, right, who do I actually want to become? And I found that with a lot of clients that they didn't follow me because they couldn't see a portion of themselves in me. And also I couldn't really see a portion of myself in them. 
So then almost like, and I take the Spider-Man philosophy of that, like, we might think that we have to be whiter than white and perfect, but your clients don't want to see that. But then conversely as well, you still have to make sure that you're a walking advertisement for the life that you can create for someone. So with me, it's very much about, um, have you got one minute for me to tell this little story? Crack on, dude. Crack oh, on. Right. So one of my favorite books, and this is probably in a, like some advice that I would give to any coach anyway, regarding whether it's with their, their physical fitness or their food, that yes, you do have to be in shape, 100%. If I'm fat, I'm not on this call. You're not listening to me if I'm fat. It ain't happening. So you have to take that into consideration. But I think that also you have to look at it and go, right, okay, what is the, the life that I want to live? And who are the, so the people who are in my program, what's the life that I want them to live? Who do I want them to become? Because fundamentally your coaching isn't about getting them a result. It's about changing their identity and turning them into someone else. So my point with this is that one of my favorite books is The Alchemist uh, by a guy called Paolo Coelho. Like, and it's it's a beautiful book. I go to it whenever I'm feeling a little bit lost. I go like I'm 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 going off direction. I feel a bit off track. There's an amazing story in there that is really connected with me. Where um, and it's how I live my life from a fitness perspective. How I live my life from my business because I went through a period, like I said, with my food and my training that I was just this like obsessive, like militant, like and the same in my business as well. I'd created a life to give me the business I wanted as opposed to the business to give me the life that I wanted. So my point with this is that this story in The Alchemist was that there was a young boy and, uh, and he went to see the wisest of wise men. And he goes to see the man and the wise man says, look, I'm a little bit busy at the moment, but here's a teaspoon and he fills it up with some oil and he goes, go and walk around my house while you're waiting for me and don't drop the oil. So he walks around the house, comes back and the wise man, and he goes, look, 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 I didn't drop the oil. And the wise man then goes, but did you see all the beautiful tapestries, the amazing, beautiful garden we spent 10 years um, perfecting, the amazing like furniture and the architecture of the building? He goes, no, I didn't see any of that. I was just focusing on the oil. So then he goes, right, okay, what I want you to do is go back around the house, walk around, see the architecture, see the tapestries, the garden, everything, this beautiful house, and come back to me. So he goes, walks around, comes back. And then he goes, oh, they were amazing. And he goes, well, what about the oil? And he dropped the oil. So then he goes, the secret to success and happiness is to see all of the wonders of the world, all of the tapestries, the gardens, the, the architecture, and never drop the oil. <laughs> so I think... That story has resonated with me massively on being like, who do I want to become? Not who do I think I need to become? And really, I went through a period as a coach where I was fucking boring. I was miserable. I was militant. No one like resonated with me. I've also been down the other end where I wasn't looking after my fitness, like my physical fitness at all. I also went down a period where from a business point of view, everything was in high gear. But my missus hated me. I didn't see any of my friends. I didn't see any of my family. So when I look at like balance i actually found that like the two can actually be incredibly complementary but when i focused on actually my business should be and my coaching business should be a vehicle to give me the life that i want suppose the other way around my business has been even fucking better for sure totally brother totally it makes sense to me anyway because i i uh i can definitely connect with that story for sure um callum thank you so much for your time today brother thank you for having me honestly i just fucking love talking to you like we're just on the same way back and i love what you're doing i love you what you stand for and it's just honestly it's a pleasure so thank you always mate always um any questions anyone has feel free to either hit up myself hit up column whatever we'll share that link in the chat and uh 
Yeah, all good. Thanks. Right, I've sent you that there. Awesome. Well, thank you so 